Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. I believe that I was born at the perfect time. Like, I, I believe, like, the year and the time frame that I was born, I know everybody kind of feels the same way about theirs, right? Like, oh, back in my day when I was a kid. But I really do. I feel like we have, I, I was born in this really interesting generation. And a friend of mine recently sent me, sent me this article about first millennials. And first millennials are basically those those kids who were born right in the in-between of the boomers and the millennials, and we've got this really cool balance of, like, being able to work hard and survive independently. Like, we still have that inside of us, but we also embrace technology because we were one of the first generations to, like, actually have the internet on a daily basis and understand and use it. So I feel like I grew up in this really beautifully balanced time frame, right? So my childhood, maybe yours was a little bit different, but my childhood started Saturday mornings, cartoons, a little Tom and Jerry. It was awesome. Pepe Le Pew. It was like awesome. I was eating my cinnamon toast crunch. It was a good day. And then what would happen right after around breakfast time, I was kicked out of the house. Like get out, go out and explore and go ride your bike and go jump off of things that are entirely too high for you to jump off of. And you go and spend the whole day out hanging out with friends, causing trouble in the streets on our bicycles. Like it was it was awesome. And then I was allowed to come back in for lunchtime. Right. And get that that hamburger, that homemade hamburger with onions and bell peppers cooked in it, smashed up. It was beautiful. Mom took care of me on Saturdays. And then I would eat lunch and then get back out again, right? Go back outside and spend the day. And then this beautiful thing happened, this this sign for all children in the world. When the street lights came on, it's time to go on home, right? So I'd come home when the street lights turned on and had dinner with as a family, and it it was awesome. But then what was unique about my generation is after all that was done, after I went and played and had all that outside time, we had video games, right? So I grew up in the Nintendo phase. Anybody else, you remember Nintendos, Nintendos and all that stuff? I remember my first Christmas that I felt like life became relevant and I got a Super Nintendo, right? Woo! Super Nintendo came out and it was awesome. I loved it. So I would play video games at night after I was supposed to go to bed, and just all of those awesome things. But Nintendos, they had this little thing that they used to do all the time where they would just glitch. And what we'd have to do is you'd have to pull out that big old cartridge, and you have to blow on it to get the dust out and put it in, and then hit the reset button, right? And it would would sometimes work, and if it didn't, try again. And you had all these little tricks that we used to do to get everything going. You would hit the reset button, and everything would work better. And amazingly, what's, what's so fascinating about technology is in 2019, it's really similar, right? Your, your iPhone crashes, your Mac crashes, your Dell because there's a PC crashes. I'm sorry. But it crashes, and you call the helpline, and what do they say? Sir, have you tried restarting it and starting it back up again? And it's like, no. If I had tried that, I would have known better. So we hit the reset button, and... A lot of times, surprisingly, 
it solves a lot of issues. And that's actually what our big idea for today is. It's in your notes if you're taking notes. Getting to hit the reset button can lead to our systems functioning properly. Getting to hit that reset button, whether it's on our computer or our iPhones or in our lives, getting to hit that reset button oftentimes gets us functioning properly. So last week, we started this crazy journey with this young boy who disrespectfully asks for his inheritance early, unbelievably disrespectful to his father, and then he runs off to a distant land, and he parties like a rock star, and then he blows all of his money, and to make matters worse, a famine hits the land, and he is sent out into the fields trying to do anything to have food, trying to make it work. He is beaten down. He is alone. He's desperate. And he's come face to face with the reality that his longing for more in life has led him to catastrophe. It's led him to this place of brokenness where he's away from his father and right in the center of a tragedy. And last week, we talked about the very first awakening that you and I all have in our lives. And that awakening is to longing that you and I have this universal longing inside of all of us. We long for love. We long for purpose. We long for meaning. We all have that inside of us. And if you missed last week, grab it, hop on Apple uh, Podcasts, and you can get the, Apple, uh, the podcast there and, and catch up with the message. But it was just this, this challenge to us that we all have inside of us of this desire, this longing for more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more in life. There's got to be more to parenting. There's got to be more to all of this time that I have here on earth. There's got to be more. And it's, it's this longing that we have within us. And what happens is we begin to chase stuff in our life. We chase relationships. We chase success. We chase finances. We chase experiences. We chase possessions. We chase all of these things, searching and longing for fulfillment in our lives. And we find ourselves in a place many times thinking, man, if I could do that all over again, I would do things different. If I could do it all over again, I would try something different because that fell short of everything that I hoped for. And we find ourselves saying, I wish I could start over. And that's actually the second awakening that we're talking about today the awakening to regret. The awakening to regret. We're going to jump back into our story and look at some really key verses in this scripture. And the Bible says, when he came to his senses, this young boy, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And there's two really key pieces of this story that I want us to focus on today. And the first one is when he came to his senses. This is where that, that awakening happened for us. When he came to his senses, the awakening to regret of, oh, man, I blew it. What was I thinking? What was I doing? I, I tried all of this. What was I doing? He came to his senses. There's this turn in the story we don't know how long he was gone. We don't know all of the experiences that he had. But whenever he did, he finally woke up. Have you ever been there in your life where you just kind of woke up? You just woke up to, oh, man, what am I doing right now? 
how did I get here? How did this happen? How, how am I making these decisions? Why am I acting this way? Why am I this person? And you just wake up to, man, something has to change in my life. Maybe it, it was at the tail end of a bad decision, or, or maybe you had that wonderful experience where your friends or your family tricked you into coming to the house one day, and you're all eating dinner, and they're like, hey, so we want to talk to you about something, right? Have you ever had that moment of like, oh, man, you, you jokers tricked me, that, that you've been confronted with your issues before. They, they sat you down. They explained in vivid detail of where you're going wrong in your life and how they want better for you. Despite all of the warnings in your life, you, you didn't see it yourself. We didn't see it ourselves. And we, we tried to lead this life on our own, and it led to regret. I, I actually had this moment, not as serious as sitting around the table and everyone, I've had that moment too with a girlfriend. It was very interesting. Hey, we need to talk to you about your girlfriend. Oh, here we go. This is awesome. But anyways, as, as a kid, I had this moment on the island that my, my family is from. And my family is from this little tiny dive island off the coast of Honduras. It's beautiful. It's awesome. But what all the island kids would do is that there was these huge ships that would come through for whatever reason, and they would come in with cargo, they'd come in all these different things, and so all the kids would well, climb up to the top of these ships and they would jump off the top of it into the ocean. It was, it was awesome, right? Some of these ships were gigantic. I mean, they were like 30 feet at the top. 40, I, you know, as a kid, it felt like 67 feet, but you know, it was at least 30 feet high, and, and we would jump off of it, and it was awesome. So my little American tale was like, I can do it too. Let's do it. So I did. So I climbed to the top and I jumped off and it was, it was awesome. It was this beautiful experience. It was like, yes, I am cool. Like the little island kids. But you know us guys, guys in the room, you know how we do. For a little while, that's fun. But then we have to take it to another level. We got to do something else because just jumping off the top was not good enough. So everybody wants to start doing tricks. Everybody wants to do these little diving things like the Olympics and going head first and you know, the island kids could do it because they were in the water every day. They knew how to dive. They knew how to jump off of high things. The only thing I swam in every day in, in New Orleans was humidity. It was not the same thing. I did not have the life experience that they had. But you know what? I was not to be undone, so I decided I was going to do the same thing. I climbed up to the top of it, and I jumped, and I'm going head first, and it's going to be awesome. But somewhere in the middle of that drop, I realized... Something's wrong. Instead of being vertical, my head was the same level as my feet. And I belly flopped, face planted from 30 feet up. I'm sure the, I'm sure the concussion pop was unbelievable. It was heard around the island as hard as I hit. And I came to my senses, like this young man did, about 10 feet underwater as my cousin was dragging me, passed out, out of the water. He throws me up on the dock. He goes, are you okay? And I whimpered, okay. And then I said what every young boy says after they did something dumb. Please don't tell my mama. Please don't tell my mama. It was this moment of absolute regret. My chest was red for probably a decade. It was, it was awful. But have you ever been to that place yourself that you're, you're going through life, you're going through this experience, and you jump into a situation, you jump into a moment, and about halfway through you go, oh, snap. 
I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have made that leap. We go back to that moment where you made that ridiculous decision and you wish you could take it all back and, and begin again. Some of us, if we're honest, some of us are there right now. We're walking through a situation, we're, we're going through a moment in our lives that all stems from a decision where we jumped and we didn't really think about it and we didn't put it all together. And now we're in that moment of regret. You, you said something that you wish you could take back. You said something to your spouse and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know at the moment you said it. Or maybe you said something to your boss and you're like, oh, I'm going to feel it for the next couple months after that one. Like I shouldn't have said that. You made a choice in a, in a moment of, of emotions and you damaged something. And now you wish, man, I wish I could go back and do that again because I caused pain where I didn't want to. You pushed someone away because of a misunderstanding. Or, or maybe for some of you, you gave up on God because he didn't answer your prayers the way that you hoped he would. That person in your life died that you thought, well, I thought you're God. Why didn't you show up? Why didn't you do something different? And you, you pushed yourself away from God. You pushed yourself away from him. We think we're going the right way. We think everyone else is crazy for thinking that we're going the wrong way, right? We, what are you talking about? I know what I'm doing. I've got this figured out. I'm going to make it happen. But inside we go, man, if I could do it again, I would, I would change that one thing. But one day you finally you wake up. You come to your senses. You, you look behind at the wreckage that's left, and you think, man, I've, I've got to do things different. I can't, I can't keep living life the same way I've been living. I've got to wake up and do something different. What's interesting, there's, there's a, a story of a man named Jake who was walking through a really similar situation. Uh, and he, he tells this story that, that you'll get to hear, but it's this, this story of the moment where he was going through life and he thought he had it all figured out, and he woke up and realized, man, I've got to change some things. Let's check this story out together on the screens. Uh, I grew up in a, a Christian home um, with two parents who also grew up in, in Christian families. When I was young, about seven, my, my parents moved to a camp in central Illinois, a Christian youth camp. And that was a really, really cool way to grow up, uh, just surrounded by youth groups and, and Christian kids. And coupled with that, I also grew up in the church, surrounded by a family that uh, didn't just believe it, but they lived it. You know, I had a faith, I saw how it had played out in my family's lives, but I did not have a direction. And I did not have a purpose that I felt like I was being pulled towards or, or called to. Just kind of searching, longing for a fulfillment that it seemed like everybody else in my family had. After, you know, searching from school to church, um, you know, the slopes of Colorado, I think I finally came down to well, I want to pursue music in some sort. And I had a cousin in Nashville, and I finally just said, all right, let's go, let's try it. And then I moved down to Nashville, just hoping to find music or write or play, or yeah, I wasn't really sure. Um, and just started bartending and waiting tables. Alongside that was, was just a, a life of partying, of pleasure, I mean, just fun. Uh, it was great, I'm not gonna lie, it was, a blast. I had a lot of fun, but it's also very unhealthy. It just became continual, just meeting girls and 
and drinking by five years in, I had moments where I laughed at myself and knew fools do this, you are living like a fool. Probably a year and a half after that, six and a half years in, uh, by that point, it was serious. It was drinking every day as soon as I get up uh, because I would have a horrible hangover. And I was starting to think, this is gonna be rough making it change at this point. We'll continue with the rest of his story in just a moment, but as you look at your notes, look at this point, acknowledging that our decisions have taken us to a place we could have never imagined is the first step towards a new life. And just just as Jake said, he he realized, you know, hey, this is fun right now. This is this is this is cool, but about six and a half years in, he said, man. This is, this is going further than, than I thought it was going to. This, is, this has gotten deeper than I wanted it to. There, there's an author that said it this way. You cannot heal what you do not acknowledge. What you do not consciously acknowledge will remain in control of you from within, festering and destroying you and those around you. Many of us know this truth all too well, but Maybe today's that wake-up call, that, that moment of like, man, I've been doing this the same way for a long time, and, and I just wish that things were a little bit different. I wish I could do things different. I, I'm recognizing that, hey, it might be okay right now. I'm not too far now, but I might, I, I'm not too many steps down the road before it's, it's further than I'm, I'm wanting to be. It's further than I'm wanting to. And that's, that's the second piece that we focus on in this story that was so beautiful. It said the son came to his senses, but the second piece is that I will set out and I will go back to my father. I'll go back to my father. This second piece is just as, as critical as the first, and we're going to see that in just a second. But what the son did by going back to see his father is, is what we in the church, we call it as repentance. And if you've been around church at all and, and heard that word, repentance kind of gets a bad rap, right? Repentance is one of those words where we're like, oh, man, here we go again. Because repentance, for many times we talk about it just in the sense of, okay, you make this decision to follow Jesus, and now you're not going to go to hell anymore. Woo, that's it. And, and we think that that's it. Like, that's, that's the end of the line. But repentance is, is actually a huge life decision that happens and continues to happen throughout our life. And while for generations, repentance can be viewed as, as used as like this scare tactic of you need to make this decision so you don't go to hell. Jesus actually had a deeper, more meaningful definition of it. And, and if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the Bible, it, it might come as a surprise to you. But the Bible wasn't written in English. There is actually a couple of different original languages that it was written in. And in the, the New Testament, it was, it was written in Greek, and it says, it's the word repentance is metanoia, and it's this Greek word for repent, and it actually means changing one's mind. And in, in the Old Testament, in the, the beginning of the Bible, the, it was written in Hebrew, and the Hebrew is teshuva, and he, it's this word to return. And so look at this definition because it's really, really important as we, as we go through our lives, whether you're in a relationship with Jesus now or whether you're considering beginning a relationship with him. It's so important. Repentance means to change your thinking and return from where you came. 
When Jesus tells his story, he didn't want to leave that point out. It wasn't just that the kid woke up and goes, oh, man, I need to change. But he took a step and he went back to his father. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dig into to what that, that looks like. But my guess is that a lot of us in our lives, we come to our senses. We do. We, we, we're not ignorant people. We go through our lives and we have those moments where we wake up and go, ah, I, don't, I don't think this is, I, I don't want to be this way next year. I don't want to keep doing these same things. I don't want to live my life this way. I don't want to have these same fears. I don't, I don't want to have these same insecurities. I don't want to keep making these same mistakes. I, I don't want to have my emotions running my life like we talked about in our last series. I don't want to do this anymore. But if we're honest with ourselves, and, and this is me too, there are those moments where we wake up to, hey, we need to make a change. We need to do something different. But then we never do, right? We just, we just kind of keep, oh, I feel guilty about that. I feel bad. I need to do something about that. I need to change the way I'm living my life. I need to, I need to stop thinking that way. I need to stop talking to people that way. I need to stop treating my job that way. I need to stop treating that person that way. I need to stop doing these things, but maybe if I just feel bad about it, it'll be all right, right? God, you know I feel bad about it, and he's going, yeah, that's cool. What you gonna do? Like, cool. I'm not about guilt. God's not about wanting you to feel guilty. God wants you to take that step to come back to the life that he's calling you to Maybe for you, it's, it's financial decisions or relational ones, but maybe for you, you make a decision in a moment that feels good at the time, but at the end of it, you're like, ah, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. We wake up to regret many, many, many times, but we've never made it to that second step of returning home. Taking that step where we return back to the life that God has called us to. Maybe for you, that looks like beginning a relationship with him. But maybe for those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time, that coming back looks like coming back to the purpose and the calling that God has on our lives and the life he wants us to live and the decisions he wants us to make, not because he's some God up there wanting us to follow all the rules, but he's, he's a God who knows that if we just line up with the plan that he has for us, we'll find purpose and fulfillment and longing that we've been looking for. There's these questions in our mind that keep us from taking that step back, from having that conversation with our spouse, from having that conversation with our, our coworker. Of if they knew if they knew the mistake that I really made, if they knew how I talked about it when they weren't around, if they knew the things that I was doing behind the scenes when no one else was looking, if they knew they'd never trust me again. They they would never have the same relationship with me that we have now, even though they don't know the brokenness that's going on in my life. We're afraid to take that step back because we don't know if they'll forgive us, if we can make that change. And we go through this, this sorry cycle over and over again where we make a mistake in our life and we go, oh, I'm so sorry about that. And then we make it again, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Regret mistakes, regret mistakes, regret mistakes, and we never take that step that the son did of going, you know what? Something's got to change. Something in me has got to change. 
Our prayer today is that you're able to do that. Our challenge as we, as we get ready to wrap up before we see the end of, of Jake's story is this. Last week we began with this prayer, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. And I, and I hope for those of you this week that you've experienced God showing himself real to you, that you've seen and heard from him. For those of you who are trying to figure out if God is even who he says he is, I, my prayer is that you had some kind of moment, some kind of interaction with him this week that said, oh, that was different than my normal week. What, what was that? That was God. That was God reaching out and speaking to you. But the second part this week is that I want us to awaken in me the possibility that with you, God, I could start over again. That with God, we can actually, like that Super Nintendo, we can just hit that reset button and go, you know what? I've got, I've got to start over. I've got to start over. Maybe it's in your relationship. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with family members. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's just with yourself that you, you've been treating yourself in a way that you know you don't need to treat yourself. You need to hit that reset button. And that's exactly what happened in Jake's life. So let's check out his story as it, it wraps up and he shares what happened with him. I was pretty functional uh, considering went to work and maintained this I party every night kind of attitude and I partied openly every night so that when people would smell down me the next day it was normal because well I parties every night I was at my sister-in-law's house uh, checking on their house they were in South America uh, for his work and I was drinking and I just had this totally normal moment of going this has to stop like I, I, I have to stop I, I will die at some point from this if I don't and I couldn't stop that night because I had to work the next three days and I knew it's gonna be ugly and I won't I won't be able to work I knew after Wednesday night at work I would have four days off in a row so I prayed to God that night. I said, God, I need to stop drinking on Wednesday. <laughs> so please keep me safe for the next three days. So that night, Wednesday night, I went back to my sister and brother-in-law's and took my last drink and went to bed. And I would say I woke up four or five in the morning with immediate DTs. This was not a, a day later, this was hours. And I mean, I couldn't see straight, kind of hyperventilating. I'd had one before, so I knew exactly what it was. I'd had the doctor explain it to me. So that started Thursday morning, really early before the sun came up. And that just went all day, all night, Friday, all day, all night. And I should have, you know, been with a doctor, nurse, been at a rehab center, something, just to make sure I was okay. But uh, as I was laying there, I just kept remembering this prayer from a book about a Celtic monk that I loved growing up. My dad introduced me to the author. The prayer that he goes to anytime he doesn't know what to do is, Lord have mercy. And it's just, he repeats it, it just becomes this meditation, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And that's what I did from, from Thursday morning till Saturday knowing the whole time and kind of laughing at myself that like, I really don't deserve this, this mercy, this grace, but asking anyway and receiving it. Saturday morning, I think the last DT was around 11 o'clock. 
And then I got up and I started drinking water and started keeping water down. And Saturday night, I finally slept. Just fell asleep, crashed out, and got up the next day and went to church. That was pretty much my first response. Talked to the campus pastor that Sunday morning and said, this is where I'm at, uh, what, what can I do? Who can I talk to? How can I get connected? What's so cool about Jake's story is that I just love how normal it is. You know, he, he just goes, you know what? I, I just, I need to stop. I need to change. And he made the decision, and, and he did. And God did something incredible in his life, and now he's, he's sharing his story with us. And maybe for you, that's not your story, you know. Maybe you, you come to church and you're like, oh, here we go. It's the drinking thing. Maybe, what, I don't know what it is in your life. I don't know what it is that you wake up and go, man, I just need to change this. But there's something inside of all of us that we go, you know what, God, if I was honest in a moment, I would go, I, I, need, to, I need to make some changes. And I need to do something different. And, and our last point that we look at today is, that repentance is motion, not emotion. It's motion. It's putting something into action. Because you and I, we, we have this bad habit in our lives where we feel guilt, we feel shame, we feel like, oh, this is not good. Oh, I, I messed up again. Oh, I said that. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, we feel all of those things, but we don't, we don't take the steps of action to make the change. We feel guilty, angry. Maybe for some of us, we feel justified in the mistakes that we make. We just be real. Maybe for some of us, the things that we're walking through and the things that are happening in our marriage and the things that's happening at work and the things that's happening inside of us, we feel justified living and doing the things that we're doing. But deep inside of us, we know I don't need to keep doing this. I don't need to keep living this way. I don't, I don't want to do this. You and I have this beautiful opportunity that every day that the sun rises, every day that the Lord puts breath in our lungs, like we just sang about, every day we have an opportunity to take a step towards health. We have an opportunity to take a step closer to the life that God wants us to live. Not again, not because of some rules, not because of some verse in the Bible, but because he has a purpose and he has a plan for our lives. And if we step into that, we'll see incredible blessings unlike any other decision in our life. Jesus, Jesus in his own words, he said it this way in, in John chapter 10. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and they will go freely and we'll find good pastures. But the thief, our enemy, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Another version of that says to give them life and life abundantly. What you and I have to understand about this offer that God gives us in this relationship with him is that he, he offers us a life that isn't filled with regret, a life that isn't filled with shame, a life that isn't filled with, oh man, I wish I could do that again. Here, here I go again. It's, it's a life filled with purpose. 
he offers us an opportunity to walk away from our pain and find healing, to find security, to find those things that deep inside of us we've been longing for. He wants to offer us life more abundantly than we can imagine. But the choice is ours. It's 100% ours. God isn't going to force us to choose this life. We can do it just, just like Jake said. You can go and you can do life on your own and try it. And there's going to be good days. They really will. There'll be good days that you'll enjoy it and you're like, oh, this is awesome. But at some point, you're going to get to the end of that line and go, man, this isn't fulfilling me the way that I really thought it would. It isn't, it isn't healing that hurt. It isn't bringing the peace that I thought it would. It isn't helping me be better. It's just, man, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. And right in that moment, you and I have the opportunity to go, God, I'm ready to step back closer to you. I'm ready to come back home. At the bottom of your sheet, this is something that's 100% for you. It's not anything you're turning in. It's not anything that you and I are going to, that we're going to look at. It's 100% for you. And as we get ready to pray, as you bow your heads and you close your eyes, at the bottom of that sheet, there's, there's a line that just says, I repent. And whatever it is in your life, maybe for you, it's a mindset. Maybe for you, you've been, you've been stuck. And my, my father-in-law is a pastor, and he used to say, you're stuck in stinking thinking. That your, your mind is just clouded with doubts and insecurities and brokenness. And you just wish, you just go, God, I'm, I'm tired of it. I turn back to you. Maybe for some of you, your story is like Jake's. Maybe there is something in your life that's just pulling you away from your purpose. And today's the day that you want to make that decision. So, hey, you know what? I'm turning back, God. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to do something different. Whatever it is for you today, I challenge you to write it down on that paper. And this week, just pray about it. For some of you, it's a short journey. It's just a all right, I just need to change that. I just need to stop. I've been needing to change it, and now I stop. But for some of you, it's it's a process. It's a process. It's going to take time. But I want you to look at that this week, whatever it is in your life, and go, God, if you're real, show yourself real to me and help me realize that I can hit that reset button, and I can start again, and I can do better. Let's pray. Jesus, what, what a beautiful reminder this story is that no matter how far we've gone away from you no matter how far our decisions have led us Lord I pray right now for that person in this room that they feel like they're too broken they're too broken they don't feel like they can heal. They feel like they're too far gone to ever find the healing that they need. They so desperately long for. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would encourage them, that they would know that it doesn't matter how broken they are. That you're there. And you can give them the healing they so desperately long for. Jesus, I pray for every single one of us in this room 
there's all things that we need to change in our lives. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't have something that they could write down. But Lord, I pray that this week as we make that decision, as we take that step back to you, that you would give us the courage to have the conversation. Give us the courage to make that decision. Give us the courage to be able to, to take that step back into the purpose and the life and the calling that you have for us. Jesus, we believe you can do it. We trust you. We pray all of this in your strong and your mighty and your gracious name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.